right, it's that time of week again. Rebel against weakness and push yourself towards greatness. Welcome. Oh, we're doing a little bit different today. Just me and AJ. For those first time listening, when I say me, it's Gabriel Tams. Uh, we got AJ. He's our producer, Mr. Sorensen. And we're going to do a Q&A today. I think this is the first one, right? Yeah, I'm excited for this one. It'll be fun. I'm a little nervous. I don't know what you come up with, but... Well, I got a lot of good questions I came up with. My brother even helped me with some oh, of them. nice. Okay. So this one, I mean, if you want to turn it off, if you're not interested in business, turn it off. If you want to know a little bit about business, even if you're thinking about doing a business, listen to this one, because they're all business, right? Yep, all okay. business. Okay. Well, further ado, let's do this. Okay, I want to start off, can anyone own a business? I'm going to say yes. It's it's easy, and I'm gonna even take it one step further and say you should own a business. I don't care if you use the business to make money, but you should be filing your personal taxes through a business. Like we're not, I'm not gonna go into that because that's like a whole podcast on itself. But you as a person should be filing taxes through an LLC. You need to have an LLC set up. You need to purchase all your living expenses through that LLC, and I'll tell you the difference. Businesses get taxed on what is left after expenses. Individuals or personal, you get taxed on what you make. Would you rather get taxed on, hey, I spent all my money and I only had $5 left, so tax me on $5, or would you rather get taxed on, hey, I made $100,000 even though I spent it all, because I have living expenses, mm -hmm. you still get taxed on that. You want to play the government's game. You want to file your personal expenses through an LLC to get the tax benefits from it. So, yes, anybody, dude, I don't care who you are, anybody can own a business. If you have the drive, motivation, all that stuff, start own a business. If you don't want to, that's fine. But have a business for tax saving purposes. And maybe let's make a note and go over that in the next podcast. Okay. Because that's really good to know. But, yeah, anybody, anybody, there ain't no stipulations. The government will take your money. They want their portion of your business, so they'll let you start a business. Okay. And then the next one, what, how does one keep themselves motivated to go towards and oh. through with the business process? This is deep because it's hard. Oh. Now, there's a lot, most people, if you're listening to our podcast, you know who Dave Ramsey is. Dave Ramsey teaches to start a business, you should start it on the side. Go into it, build clientele, build momentum, whatever you want to do, until there's enough capital or cash flow that you can quit your full-time job, <coughs> excuse me, and roll into the business you started as your full-time job. And I agree with that to a point. It's good. It's a great direction. And it creates, it helps with the cash flow problem that most startup businesses have. The same token, dude, you're not all in. How can you grow something and stay motivated with it when you're not all in? I know I have a hard time with that. If I'm not all into something, it doesn't get my full attention, usually doesn't work. 
you have to just like okay if you want to dabble if you want to i mean dude let's go with apparel business i mean it's kind of like the rave right now everybody wants to start a apparel business i'm on that bandwagon we're starting an apparel business go check it out it's wrench life apparel <laughs> a little side note but if i'm not all in well wait i was dabbling we need to backtrack i was talking about dabbling we want to we want to dip our toes in the water, see if it's hot or cold. We want to put some fillers out there to make sure we're not throwing good money and not getting anything back. But once you have a foundation, dude, you just have to go. Like, I know these people that are like, oh, I've been doing this on the side for five years. What? Dude, you could have done it on the side for one year, went all in in year two, and been $500,000 better instead of doing it on the side for five years. Like that middle ground just, you lose motivation. Like, I mean, you get tired, right? If you're, if you're working, we'll even say nine to five at a regular job, and then you're working five to 10 on your side business, Dude, you're going to burn out. You are going to burn out and lose all motivation. So I'd say, how do you keep motivation to start your business and keep it growing? Go all in. Make it so there's no other option. This is plan A. There ain't no plan B. We have to make it work. Then you don't give yourself the chance to lose motivation because it has to work. Mm -hmm. I like that. There you go. Okay, so now does stoicism help when it comes to being an entrepreneur? Which that means, for those who don't know, is a person who can endure pain and hardship without showing their feelings or complaining. Dude, 100%. Is it a requirement to own your own business? No. Is it going to help? Hell yeah. Emotions. If you can truly conquer your emotions and not have those reactions, dude, you're not only are your customers, but those you work with, interact with, even if it's vendors you're buying stuff from, because stuff happens, man. We're, we'll go back to the apparel business, an example. What if you order a bunch of t-shirts and they don't have them? All right, so the vendor calls and says, dude, I can only give you 50 out of the 100 shirts you ordered, and you already have the 100 shirts sold. You start freaking out. You're, I mean, emotions are running at that point. You try to figure out what do you do what are your options? What can you do? <coughs> if you can keep that emotion in check, that vendor's going to do business with you again. And okay, so now your emotion, you're like, oh, okay, that's a problem. How do I work around it? Can I get shirts from somewhere else? Can I do something else? But if you blow up on the vendor, oh, you piece of crap, how I already got these sold, you make it his problem. Dude, he ain't going to want to do business with you again. He's in the same pickle i mean he wants the 100 order shirts he wishes he had 150 to sell you but you let your emotions come out and make it his problem he's not gonna do anything extra to get you those shirts and then now you're freaking out and now you're posting on your social media crap guys we're behind i don't know if i can get your orders out i might have to refund your money now the customers are like dude i don't know if i want to buy shirts from that guy all because you let your emotions come out instead of checking your emotions Working around the problem, dude, there's other shirts. There's other options. I mean, playing this, how do I say, you don't want to, you want to be in control of your emotions. Emotions are good as long as you're in control of them. 
But if you let them come out or you don't handle these problems well, it's going to be harder for you to build your brand, build your business, and then even scale it. So back to your question. Do you want to have that? Yes, that's going to help you tremendously. Is it a requirement? No, but it's something you better learn because there's always problems in business. And let's be real. Most businesses are created to solve a problem, Mm -hmm. whether it's in the industry or the market, whatever you're going towards, most successful businesses solve a problem. So you better be able to do that within your own business or it's not going to grow. It's not going to flourish. Do you want to go into how does one become more stoic? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is something I've definitely, I think I was, I'm going to say I was decent at it, but I've had to, I mean, dude, we're talking like thousands of dollar mistakes in our industry. Part parts cost that much. We install them wrong. That's on us, right? We got to eat that. As employees, and that's where I think this I've learned the most is with employees. Instead of just yelling and screaming and letting that emotion come up, I've learned that all that does is shut the employee down. They're not going to want to, one, they're not going to want to try. If it's something new they've never done before, and the last time they messed up and I yelled at them for it, why are they going to try something new the next time? So my productivity just went down. The second thing is my efficiency goes down. Have you ever been yelled at and worked faster and happier because of it? Never. Maybe faster just to get the job done and get the hell out of there, but you probably didn't do the job right. Mm-hmm. So your efficiency just went down. So now we got productivity and efficiency both tanking all because I yelled. I'm mad. My emotions are out of whack now. So now I'm not doing my job as a manager efficiently. Like, dude, it just is a whole downward spiral so you have to catch that as you feel it coming on i was gonna say that really the only way to get better at it is recognize it and catch it i mean it's kind of like that zen you gotta take a deep breath count to five check your emotions process it in a calm and regular manner is there times where words need to be said with passion i agree is there ever a time for yelling? I don't think so. I really don't. It doesn't accomplish anything. Do conversations need to be have? Hey, you screwed this up. You need to let them know, even if it's to the point of writing up. Like, you have to let it be known because if, if the employee or customer or vendor, whoever we're talking about, doesn't know they screwed up, they can't fix it. But the yelling is just an emotion that doesn't ever need to happen. Okay. So that's, I don't know, man. I Off the top of my head to say the only way to get better at it is to recognize it and catch it. And it's really, it's, it, you have to make a choice. Some people are screamers. They, they like to yell. Other people maybe need to talk up a little bit more. You got to find that balance, whoever you are, and say, okay, I'm drawing the line right here. I'm not going to scream and yell, but I'm going to make sure I'm heard when it needs to happen. (coughs) And then just keep it in that middle. You don't want to be a pushover, but you don't want to be the guy that's yelling and screaming. You got to find that happy medium, draw that line, recognize it, and stay in it. 
What you got next? Okay. Let's just go straight to employees now that we're talking about them. Okay. And then we'll jump back. At what point, if it's numbers of sales, income, value of the company, should the owner feel confident enough to bring in highly skilled employees to take it to the next level? All right. The best advice on this got put into numbers. When you have enough work, you can't keep up with it yourself. And now this is where I'm like, okay, well, how do you know that is? You, AJ, can only give 100%. There's no way you can give more than 100%. I don't care if an employee only gives 50%. No, and let's take that a step further. No one's going to care about your business as much as you do. Mm -hmm. Nobody. I don't care how highly skilled they are, how good they are, how excited they are to work for you, with you, whatever it may be. They're not going to give it their 100% like you do. If you find that employee, you better do everything you can to keep them. But now here's, a th now here's where you add the employee. If you have more than 100% that you can give and there's still more work on the table, add the employee. Doesn't matter if they only do 150, that's still 50% more than you could do. Mm -hmm. So if there's the work for it, I don't think it has anything to do with the value of company. I mean, if you can profit off of the employee, add the employee. That's all there is to it. And you're like, oh, well, what if they do this bad? What if they, they're going to, but that's still 50% more than you could do. And that's, that's the decision you have to make. Do you want to grow your business? Do you want to increase your productivity? You're going to have headaches that go along with it, but you can't do it the next level without them. If you want to stay where you're at, great. But then you have to decide, or you not only, it's not a decision. Do you want, okay, so let's ask this question. Do you want a job or do you want to own a business? Because if you never have employees, the only thing you have is a job. You may work for yourself, but you have a job, and you will work until you die. If you own a business, you have employees that do all of the work, and you get the profit off of it. If you don't want to deal with the employees, deal with the headache that comes with it, the write-ups, the hiring, the firing, all that stuff, great, that's fine. Keep your job, make it as profitable as you can, but know that you will always have a job. You have to show up to make the money. If you're done with that and you don't want to be the laborer, add employees as long as it works there. Never thought of it that way. Yep, that's, it's that simple. I was in business like four months and hired two guys because I knew I didn't want to do this the rest of my life and I had the work full for it. That we had challenges and everything that comes with employees, yeah, we still do. We just had an interruption in our podcast because <laughs> of an employee. Not that it was an employee that interrupted us, but there was an issue with the employee's paperwork to bill a customer. Dude, it's just part of life. Like, that's okay. I'm willing to deal with that and work through that because I have a goal that in 10 years, my ass isn't here anymore. I can go play in Canada do whatever I want, and the business is running by employees. Okay, so now 
Let's go into more details about employees. How do you trust an employee? You don't. Just straight up, you don't. You know, this isn't a trust relationship. This is a business transaction. We'll say you're my employee, right? You are trading, or we're transaction, your time for money. And I'm paying you for your skill. That's all it is. There's no trust in that. It's show up to work, do your job, I pay you for that, and then I get work done that I can go charge a customer for. The only thing I really have to trust you on is that you'll show up. And if you don't show up, I fire you and I find someone else that'll show up. So really, like off the bat, I, I don't have to trust you. Am I going to do things where I put trust in you? Yeah, I trust that you're qualified for your job that I ask you to do. I trust that if it's a financial, like if you're my clerk, I trust that you're honest with the bookkeeping. I trust that you're gonna lock up at night when I ask you to do that. But I really don't trust, I don't have to trust you. I put trust in you. Do you see the difference mm -hmm. there? Like, it's not, I don't know, I think there's more, there's more trust in the way you ask between like the business and vendors and the business and customers more than there is with the owner and his employees. Like, I mean, that's just an inside business transaction. And <coughs> I think that's where you have to take that out and think of it that way. A lot of people, oh man, when do I, when do I add employees? I don't know if I can trust them. I don't know this. It's like, well, you, you don't. Like, they're gonna screw up. They're not gonna show up to work. And we've all been there. We've all been that employee that's called in sick that, <coughs> screwed up on a job that didn't complete it fully but that's part of it that still goes back to you're even with the screw-ups you're still giving more percentage than I can give myself mm. and I don't want to be here in 10 years so I'm gonna just say okay I'm gonna pay you the money you're worth to get the effort I need to complete the job to build a customer I don't think you have to trust them okay I didn't expect it to go that way no, it's a little bit different way of thinking but I get about how it, but that's it. that's what it is. It's it's all numbers, man. That's your number is your paycheck, whether that's hourly, salary, whatever. That's the number you're looking for, and I'm looking for numbers that I can get a job done to build a customer. Like I'm looking for hours build. You're looking for a paycheck. How do those meet in the middle? And we have a transaction every week or every two weeks, whatever the payroll is that that business runs it's all it is you don't really trust me that I'm gonna pay you you show up and earn it yeah and that's the same I don't have to trust you you show up and earn it and if you don't like I said you get fired and someone new comes in your place how do you empower your employees now now that's a totally different realm so that's where that's where we swap and don't think of it as numbers anymore and this is where, dude, you can get on the internet right here and you can find 500 views on this. And we talk about it a lot in our business is at what point does an employee go from a number to a person? And I don't think there's an answer to that. Each situation is different. Sometimes 
employees have to be numbers. Especially if your business isn't doing good, employees have to be numbers. You have to be willing to say, dude, you're costing me more than I'm making. I need to let you go. But at this, now, now we're going to swap hands here. Am I doing everything in my power to have taught you, trained you, given you the benefit of the doubt, given you the environment to create your job or your best job that then you can perform at your best? Because if not, I haven't done my job to empower you, to lift you up, to perform at your best. And so that's where the numbers goes different than like the emotion of empowerment because that's it's if you think of your employees as numbers that's all it is is number b is production 75 percent number two is 80 percent number three is 50 percent i'm letting number three go well dude there's more to it than that what it might be that simple it might be that employee three just sucks and you find a new employee but you have to check off the boxes of what did you do as management? Is their environment right? Was their training involved and done correctly? Was there write-ups given? Like, <coughs> follow these steps that boost and build. I mean, it's as simple as, hey, you did a really good job fixing that truck. You got it done fast. Appreciate it. Good job. I found in my, I mean, it's not long, four years in business with employees, that goes just as far as a gift card or going out to dinner, anything like that. Just a, I recognize, I verbally said it, shook your hand, whatever it was, like, dude, you did a really good job, and I appreciate that. So do you feel that's the best way to motivate your employees? I do, and that's, the motivation comes from getting them out of their comfort zone. And even if they fail, make it good. As long as the failure was, everything was done right, make it good. Hey, we learned how not to do this and we're gonna do it this way next time. It's not a bad thing. <coughs> if that failure happened because the employee didn't listen or something like that. Dude, that's not a great motivation or anything like that. If I if I take a lesser experienced mechanic and put them on a big job and don't give them the resources to do the job, they're gonna fail. We can't really learn anything from that because the knowledge was not there to learn. I didn't set them up to learn, I set them up to fail. Well, now he's disgruntled, now he's not happy. Now I'm mad because the job didn't get done fast enough or right or whatever it is. No one wins in that situation. But if I pull them out of their comfort zone, put them in situations that drive them and then give them the tools to succeed, the knowledge to succeed, and they succeed, dude, they motivated themselves. And all I had to do was push them in the right direction. And then I can come in on top of that and give that good job, give that appreciation and add on to the appreciation they already have for themselves. And now we just climb two rungs on the ladder instead of one by me just saying it. They already got themselves up one rung. I said it and got them up two rungs. Okay. Follow me on that? Like, yeah. 
I could walk around all day in our shop. Because like I said, we're mechanics. I could go in the shop, out in the field, whatever it may be, and say, good job. You did a good job on that. And you're like, okay, that, that lifted me up. But <coughs> if you push yourself and conquer something you haven't done, you already lifted yourself up. You're proud of yourself. You feel accomplished. You got something done at the end of the day. And then I come and add it on top of that. Dude, that's just icing on the cake. It is. I've experienced that. Yeah. But it's not as good if it's just me and you're really not proud. You're like, oh, yeah, I did a good job. But when you're proud of yourself, and how do you it how you so much more when you yeah. do it now? Because yeah. I'm like, well, now I know he's speaking the truth because it meant so much to me. Yeah. And the only way to do that is you have to push out of your comfort zone. And some people, it's not a skill that they're learning. Some things, it's maybe a goal. We have to reach X amount of cells or we have to get this job done in a timely manner. Like it's not necessarily a skill, it's more of a sales reached or a time frame. But still put those goals out there that are gonna stretch your employees or put them in situations that are gonna stretch them. Whatever that is in your business, you have to figure that out. But push your employees. But like I said, if you push them and don't give them the tools to succeed, dude, you're you're the opposite. You're coming down rungs on the ladder instead of going up. We've all experienced that. You get asked, or you get told a goal. Let's say you're selling. Hey, you gotta go sell $50,000 today. You're like, dude, I've only ever sold $15,000 in a day. Mm-hmm. And they don't give you anything to reach from 15 to 50? Dude, you're, well, that sucks. I'm not, you, you already decided right there that you're not gonna reach your goal. In our realm, in mechanicing, if I give you this huge job and don't say, all right, I have, we're going to say a transmission for you to replace. Here's the transmission jack. This is how you use it. Here's this tool that helps you remove the yoke. And when you get to this point, come get me. I have a trick for you. Now you're going, okay, I've never done this, but I have steps. Mm -hmm. Or if I said, AJ, go get the transmission out of that truck. You're like, dude, what? That thing weighs 2,500 pounds. I've seen one slipped off. Like, I don't even know how to get it out from underneath the truck. Like, instantly, with, with just me speaking or not speaking, you've decided if you can or can't do the job. When you see one big goal, you think, oh, it's going to take forever. But when you break it down and you don't see the end goal, you just see these little steps. Now you're like, oh, I can bust this step out super fast. And it just keeps going in yep. a ladder trifecta effect. Yep. And then the management comes on top of that, gives it a stamp of approval. <laughs> Dude, you're running. Like, that's the employees on cloud nine, management's on cloud nine, boss is making money, everybody's happy. It comes down to communication. Okay, so now let's switch it up again, but still within the employee realm. What do you feel when it comes to employing family? Like, would you employ family? Or do you think it could affect family relations? Oh, stay away from it. So, husband and wife working together, tear it up if you want to. Me and my wife, we've decided not to. I have a business and I have responsibilities, goals, stress that comes with that. We have decided that she's a stay-at-home mom and she has that realm yes our realms cross i mean she's just not the only one at home like i have to be dad i have things to do there and i have stress at work that i vent to her but is it 
completely integrated on both sides? No, it's not. And we've chose that. If you and your wife decide you're going to go into a business together, great. But make sure you have something else to talk about besides business when you get home. Because, mm -hmm. dude, you need a break from it. But, so that's one option. If you want to work with your wife or spouse, whatever it may be, great. <coughs> if you hire your freaking father-in-law, I'm going to say no. It doesn't work because of one thing. They feel that you, as the employer, should be obligated because of your relationship to let them have time off, to pay them more, to give them benefits, to let it slide. All of these things because there's a family relationship. So just stay away from it. And now I'm going to take it a step further. If you hire one person, don't hire someone else in their family because it's the same, same thing. Way. You give Bobby Joe a raise and Bobby Joe tell Sally Sue that he got a raise. And now Sally Sue's mad because she didn't get a raise. But Sally Sue hasn't done Jack Diddley squat to get a raise when Bobby Joe was. Mm -hmm. But just because they're family and they talk after work, now you got a problem in your business. So really don't stay away from the family realm. Okay, so now let's go back more towards business. Uh, what do you prefer when it comes to customer-wise on business? Do you prefer business to business or business to consumer? Um, I really like business to business. And I think I say that because that's what that's my realm. I don't do a lot of business to consumer. Um, but business to business is a healthy relationship because you're both in it to make money. So, and so this, this goes back. Um, my dad owned a sheetrock business. He told me, you're going to learn how to do sheetrock, but I don't want you to ever be in the business. Okay, so I'm 16 years old. I worked for some summers learning how to do sheetrock. And then he says, okay, you learned how. Now what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a mechanic. I said, great, you need to go work on commercial vehicles because they have to fix their commercial vehicle. Residential, we'll call it residential, but personal vehicles, you don't have to fix it. You can catch a bus to work. You can ride with your friend to work if your car breaks down. But businesses have to fix their vehicles because that's how they make money. So a business to business transaction is nice because we're both in it to make money. And we realize that where business to consumer has a lot of perks because you have more business to business. There's not a ton of that relationship business to consumer. You got the whole world as your consumer, right? But the cons consumer usually buys off of emotions or it's going to look good in their house. It's going to make their cars smell better. It's going to make them feel prettier. That's what you're selling. Business to business is more of a money transaction where business to personal or consumer is more of an emotional transaction. And emotional transactions are hard to get money out of. Mm -hmm. What I've learned. Like, people will spend a lot of money, but if the product doesn't perform, they're the first ones to come back and ask for a refund. Business to business they understand a little bit more 
not necessarily if the product doesn't perform, but if it's like a labor transaction, they understand, oh, hey, like, hey, dude, your guy was out here and he fixed this, but he missed this. Can we get him back out to fix it? Instead of the consumer that's like, this didn't make me feel pretty. I want my money back. Yeah. You know? So that's, I kind of tend, trend towards business to business. But there's a lot of money to be made if you can play off of people's emotions and your product actually works. So now, with you starting another company in apparel, what's your plans to change with that? We're just straight playing off of emotions. Because we're starting an apparel line for mechanics. Not that the shirts are going to hold up different. I mean, we're buying the shirts just like everybody else is. But what we're putting on the shirts, the consumer says, hey, I want to represent that I'm a mechanic. Because we know as mechanics, dude, you never stop mechanicking. It's live or die, you're a mechanic. Lady at the gas pump or car won't start. Guess what? The mechanic's going to go start it, whether he's on the clock or not, you know? So we're playing off of that emotion that they want to represent their lifestyle. And I know that. And I think that's the key. You have to know the market you're playing. And that's that's how you succeed is what what game am I playing? Am I trying to do business to business and have a money transaction and have, I mean, because there's pros and cons to that. There's usually estimates that if you don't estimate it right, man, you lose some money. Or am I going to go straight to the consumer and play the emotional role when you got to be ready? If your product's not right or good, you're going to have comebacks and you're going to have people that hate it. Dude, both realms, you're having haters. Just tell them to shut up and move on. Don't give them any power, but know the game. So that's where we're, we're in this transaction and we're doing good. Now we're going to consumer with a new business and we know that's what we're doing, so we're gonna play off of that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do you know when your business is profitable? Okay, so there's, I mean, obviously, dude, there's reports, whatever your accounting thing, it's gonna tell you numbers. But the true, and this is, I'm gonna say, the truest form of profitability and how you can measure it is can you physically, as the owner, pull money out from the business to your personal account and not affect the business. Until then, your business ain't profitable. I don't care what your profit and loss statement, what your balance sheet says. If you cannot take the money and go do whatever the hell you want with it and not affect your business, that business isn't profitable. Okay. So now you're in business for a minute. When do you know you need to implement processes and procedures? Or oh, do you start from dude, the get-go? That bit me hard. That has to be from the get-go. I don't care if you're a one-man band or you hit the door running with five of your buddies. It has to be policies and procedures because you will, shit's just gonna go haywire. You won't have a plan to follow or know what to do in situations if you don't have those policies and procedures especially with employees, but definitely with yourself. Because you don't want to treat each situation different. Because people talk, consumers or business, whoever you're going to, there's interaction outside of your business. And if you treat this person different than this person, they're gonna find out and have a problem. So consistency is huge, and the only way to keep consistent 
is to have policies and procedures in place. Okay, so now to end it off, when is it considered a good time to just end it? Take it behind the barn and shoot it. Dude, I've thought about this a lot actually. Luckily, I've never been to this point. But when it consumes you and you're not even bringing a paycheck, call it quits. And I feel it's not the money lost. It's the emotional, like, suck the life out of you. Like, when you're so deep into it, you can't think about anything else. You can't turn it around and make it work. Dude, just call it quits. It's a failure. Learn from it. Even if you have to pay off debt over the next three years because of it, so what? Learn from it and move on. You just stay in that negative realm, you're just going to dig a deeper hole. Like, as soon as you can't see the light above and you know there's no way going out, it's totally consumed you, call it quits. And be honest with yourself about that. Like, that's the biggest thing is people keep, oh, I just need a loan, Mm -hmm. and then I'll be able to do it. Like, dude, if you don't have a clear path for that loan payoff, hey, look, I have job A, B, and C already signed contracts, already set up that will cover this loan and my operating costs. What the hell is the loan going to do? It's just going to prolong the inevitable. It's just going to get you in more debt, and, yeah, you may get some jobs done or you may sell some product, but all you did was pay off your loan. Now you still have all the debt from before. Like, it's just this never-ending cycle. Unless there's enough profitability, because I don't know what else. Unless there's enough money flow to keep your expenses and pay off the debt, dude, just call it quits. Just get out, lick your wounds, set up the payment plan to pay your debt off, and move on. You'll be happier. Your life will honestly be better. Even if you're working for somebody else, your life will be better than having that negative drag of how the hell am I going to do this when you go to bed at night. How do you not let that bring you down now in life if you do call it quits? You just got to look at it as a learning experience. You talk to other people. Say, hey, what did I do wrong? Did I not sell it for enough? Did I not push hard enough like you got to figure out where that turning point was that the business went wrong and you got to learn from it and move on even if you never start another business okay that's fine you can probably take that knowledge (coughs) go to an employer and increase what you're worth because of your knowledge and you can benefit his business or her business okay well that's all the questions for today unless you want to give out any tips or no, I think yeah. we're good. I, I really want to go into that taxing, what I was talking about, because I bet people are like, well, dude, I don't have a plan to start a business. What are you talking about starting an LLC for tax purposes? So I think we covered that, and I really think don't be afraid to add employees. If you got the workflow, if you're selling the product, you got the work, freaking do it. It's going to be hard. It's going to have its whole other realm of stress, but you cannot increase your business without them. And if you don't want that stress, know that you are going to be the one that has to show up the rest of your life. Maybe not till you die, but maybe till you get enough cash flow to retire. And that will take longer than the guy that has employees. So you got to weigh that. So that's it. 
Appreciate you guys. Um, that was really fun, AJ. I like, I like that, that. That got me thinking about stuff and some experiences I've had. So we'll probably do another one of these. Uh, if you guys have questions you want to ask, I don't even yeah. know. How do they do it? Can they email us? Can they, they can, write it? Comments can, on the podcast? Appreciate sure you can comment on the podcast or on the YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube. Yeah, and we'll answer those questions over the next couple of podcasts and go from there. So thank you, everybody. As always, like and share, and we appreciate you for listening.